This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right. What is up, everybody? Here we are again, Hopeland uh, at home, Hopeland online, and we are concluding our series, Epic uh, Tales of God and Humanity. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, uh, we're going to start at verse 33. We're going to read about um, and, and just look at, get some, get some revelation, get some insight on somebody in the Word um, named Barnabas. And uh, we're going to jump right into this, and we're going to have a good time. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to pray here, but we're going to start a new series in the month of August um, entitled Bring the Noise. And so uh, that's going to be a really fun one, and I hope you can be a part of that. Uh, But that's going to be starting soon. So here we go. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Let me pray, and we're going to jump right into the Word of God today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We pray for revelation. We pray for wisdom. We pray for insight. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak, that you convict, that you uh, work the will of the Father in and through us as we get into your Word today. And we thank you for it, and we rejoice in your word and, and, and what you're going to do in our heart and our life. Lord, transform us, God. Make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. So let's jump right into this. Epic tales of God and humanity. We're going to talk about Barnabas. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. This is when, uh, obviously, the early church, um, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes um, The birthing of the church happens. They are preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Miracles are happening. I mean, and God is moving in this region. And um, and so here we are. This is in the middle of what we would call, maybe the language we use today is a a revival in the church, a, a move of God happening with people like you and me, humanity, heaven touching the earth, God moving through humanity. And every one of these people God was moving through, they had a story. They had weaknesses. They had, um, they were human, but God still chose to work through them. And so here we are. The, the story continues, Acts chapter 4, verse 33, and it says this. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Which is really significant uh, for all you theologians out there because that's the main reason the early church was persecuted because they believed in the resurrection that that was, that was huge. That caused a lot of persecution simply because they believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, a lot of persecution happened solely because of that truth, which is significant if you read through the book of Acts. And so, and great grace was upon them all in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of them um, preaching Christ and him crucified, and in the midst of not everybody liking it, there was still great grace upon them all. Verse 34, nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were uh, possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And the point here is that when God was moving, uh, the, the provision was in that. Uh, provision for people, and 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 history would tell us that there were people in the church that um, 
at this time that um, were poor. And so this was in the midst of God moving spiritually, God's people moved uh, to fill natural needs. Isn't that amazing? That the, by definition and by uh, at the birthing of the church, God moved supernaturally and God's people brought provision naturally. And that we can't have one without the other. We don't wanna just receive the blessing from God um, as a community and not provide natural needs to our community. And that is what the early church did. That is what this local church community did is they provided for needs, felt needs in the community as well as receiving the obvious most important is the eternal spiritual needs. They both were happening and that's very significant. And that is something we want to be church. We want to be a church that just doesn't receive the, 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 the blessing of God and the presence of God. And yet our community surrounding us is suffering. Uh, we want to be a channel to be a provision to our community, even in natural ways. It is, it is by DNA in the church, in Christ, that a local community blesses the community they're in. And that's what was happening. Great grace was upon them. They provided needs. Verse 35, and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as anyone had need. Here we go, verse 36. Um, and Joseph, uh, one tr some translations say Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. So the ap apostles, the spiritual leaders actually ch gave him a name um, that was representative of his character, representative of his heart, which is translated son of encouragement. A Levite of the country of, Cy of, the country of Cyprus, and the reason why they kind of highlight him, obviously his story continues in the scripture and what he did, and we'll get into some of that, but also it's because he was a legit foreigner. It's interesting, the apostle Paul was a Roman citizen and he was a Hebrew. Uh, Barnabas was also born in a pagan environment, but he was a Levite. And so it's a, the, just the, the diversity in the early church leadership is so fascinating to me that God saw fit. Look, I'm gonna have them grow up in, a, in an environment that has nothing to do with their faith. The environment didn't, but they still maintained their faith as they grew up in it. And they just had this ability to connect and relate to people outside of their faith. They had the ability, they had influence. Paul was a Roman citizen and, 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 and your boy Barnabas, even being a Levite, is from the country of Cyprus. Very interesting uh, a mix of their experience in life and how God used that to give them influence in where they were called to be. And so having land, the Bible says, verse 37, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. It's very interesting that that, that piece of land that Barnabas had, um, I'm giving you a little Bible Bible history here, which is, it's kind of cool. Uh, but uh, being a Levite, it was very strict on what he could sell and not sell. Um, and, and so the Bible doesn't say exactly this could have been something he personally bought, but if it was a um, like some, some inheritance from the Levitical priesthood that uh, being a part of that order, uh, that he could not sell it. But there, there, there's something about Barnabas very interesting is he had something of his own, um, that he potentially purchased and he uh, sowed it in, into, into the kingdom of God. My first point is you have to get in on the grace of God. The grace of God was on the church. God was moving and Barnabas got in on it. He got in on the grace of God. All right, 
So once again, first point, get in on the grace of God. That's what Barnabas did. And everything is tied to him getting in on the grace of God, being a part of the community he was a part of. He engaged. He engaged in the community, engaged um, with his generosity, engaged with his serving, engaged with connecting to people. And you got to get in on the grace of God. If you are, 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 are called to whatever local church you're in, I, and not everybody um, participating here on YouTube is part of our church um, in uh, Boyle Heights and in, in LA um, specifically, right? But I'm here to tell you, get in where the grace of God is. Um, there's something powerful about getting in on the grace of God. And that's what Barnabas did. Grace was on him and Barnabas got up in it. Uh, grace, and look at, he's from a religious background. He, he wasn't born a Christian. This man um, was a Levite and, and Levites served the priests. He was a Hebrew. He was, um, and, and he got, got saved. He, he, he gave his life to Jesus and he got in on the grace of God. He's a son of encouragement. And this is um, really powerful. Encouragement, it's the same word used when it describes the Holy Spirit, Barnabas. Um, it, it, the Bible uh, uh, describes the Holy Spirit as the, in the Greek, the paraclete, parakletos, the one called along our side to help. The one called along our side to help, our advocate, the one who will speak for us, the one that will help us, okay? And so that's the characteristic of this man, that he was an encourager. He, um, his purpose, his design, and it comes from a word that means close beside. And um, I, I believe we all need to be a Barnabas to somebody. Um, there's people in your world and in your circle, in your life, that they need a Barnabas. They need somebody close by their side. They need somebody that's going to um, encourage them. And we all need that because we all have the Holy, we all have the encourager living in us. And this is what Barnabas was. And he, he lived this out in such a powerful way, okay? Um, and look at this, Acts chapter nine. Let's go to Acts chapter nine. And look at how he lives out this, um, this spirit of encouragement. Uh, one translation also calls him the son of prophecy. It's uh, correlated to prophecy. And prophecy simply is speaking forth what God is saying. That's what it means. And so it's amazing how attractive the word of God is and how attractive encouragement is um, because it is spiritual. It's not, just, it's not just a thing. Oh yeah, you know, you'll be all right. No, encouragement is speaking forth what God is telling you over somebody's life, encouraging them, encouraged to to impart or instill courage in people, right? And, and so a call urging, this is what it means. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read Acts 9, 26, but I wanna read this definition that I've written down for encouragement. It means um, somebody close beside, uh, a personal exhortation that delivers the evidence that stands up in God's court um, because the word advocate was a, judi a judicial term, a legal term that, um, when you speak up for people, it, it has authority. Like when, uh, like an attorney would speak up for a client, that that would carry weight in a courtroom, um, and that could change the direction of this person's life because of the authority 
of the advocate. Come on, somebody. How many people you know that did dirty, but because the attorney spoke up for them, they got off on something. I know some people that got off the hook, right? Uh, and so it's because somebody spoke up for them. How many of us, you know, not, maybe not. I was going to say, how many of us need an attorney? No, maybe not. But, but think about um, Jesus is our advocate. Like he has spoken up to God, the judge of all, and said, they are forgiven. We are off the hook. They, they're washed in the blood. Right. So he's the blood of Jesus speaks for us when judgment approaches. And so think about this. This is what Barnabas did for people. Um, this is epic. This is God and humanity working together. Acts chapter nine, verse 26. This is how he did it. And, and when Saul had got, come to Jerusalem, now Saul was um, distributing literature to find the Christians put him in chains, bring him to Jerusalem. He was, when Stephen was murdered in Acts chapter seven, the apostle Paul, not quite apostle yet, Saul was standing by um, and giving witness to the murder of Christians. He was part of a movement to persecute, kill, and imprison Christians. He gets saved, okay? He encounters Jesus and here it is. And uh, presumably, this was, um, there was a three-year period before he approached Jerusalem after he had been converted. So he's grown in his walk with God for three years. Amen. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. You know, he wanted to be part of the team. And they were all afraid of him. What they rightfully should have been, right? Or, you know, knowing he had a name, he had a reputation. And he wanted to be a part of the group. He wanted to be a part of this church. He wanted to be a part of the leadership. And, and, and they were afraid and they did not believe that he was a disciple. Could you imagine the, the, the potential for offense here? I mean, think about the destiny in Saul that God put and God's people are rejecting him. Um, and if you've ever been through rejection in the church world, um, it, I'll just say this, if you've ever dealt with it, it's a sign that there is a great destiny on your life because the devil knows it. And the devil will use God's people at times, I'm just saying, to reject somebody that's truly called to advance the kingdom of God, uh, okay? And so think about this moment here that he's a believer, he's encountered Jesus and the, the leaders of the day, we're talking about Jerusalem here. The assumption here is, and even in scripture it says, that it was actually Peter and James that rejected him. So these are known, these are people, they rolled with Jesus and they rejected him, okay? But they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Wow, and then here it is, 27, but Barnabas. Man, we all need a Barnabas. You need to be somebody's Barnabas. You need to be, he was the advocate. He took him and brought him to the apostles. He brought him back. Could you imagine? I, I can see maybe, a, I don't know, uh, but the conversation between Paul and Barnabas, like, man, I got you, man. Come on, let's go. I'm gonna bring you. He's like, no, they don't like me. You know, I don't, I don't know the exact exchange, um, but think about this process. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. These are the the church leaders of the day. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Damascus 
the, the, the name of Jesus. Here is, here's the second thought here, and it's a question. Who are you leading to destiny? Barnabas took this man by the hand and he encouraged him. He was his advocate. He spoke up for him. And it's like, who are we speaking up for? There's gotta be somebody that you're speaking up for. Um, that You know, we all need a Barnabas, you know, and we need to be a Barnabas to somebody. And check this out. Um, this is the power of, of community. Here it is. This is just a prime example of the power of relationships in the kingdom of God. Um, and you know, um, God never designs a journey for someone that is without the need of others. I'm gonna say it again. God never designs a journey in his kingdom or a person's journey in his kingdom without the need for, for other people. It is part of the journey, all right? Um, you know, people are gifts. God gives us that create opportunities and open doors for us. I'm gonna say it again, people, Barnabas, think about the greatness in Paul, every letter he wrote. I mean, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, even in the, in the narrative of the churches he impacted and the people he led. Think about this act that Barnabas did was attached to Timothy, attached to the letters in the New Covenant, in, in the New Testament, attached to every church that the Apostle Paul approached. And look at Paul needed Barnabas to get in there and check it out. Here it is. Paul needed the blessing of local church leadership to do what he was called to do. And he had Barnabas help him with that process. So powerful. Here it is. Here it is. We will never fulfill God's purpose without God's people in the intricacies of our life. So who are you leading to destiny? Uh, if you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the encourager, then he, through you, wants to lead others, somebody, to destiny and speak up for them. Acts chapter 9, verse 28. So he was with them, talking about the Apostle Paul. After that, it was over, game over for the devil trying to keep Paul out of the church. Game over for the devil trying to uh, uh, put a fear inside of God's people about Paul. Um, and so verse 20, so he, talking about Paul, was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. The ministry, 29, verse 29. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord and disputed against the Hellenists, right? Which is... Um, uh, Greek-speaking Jews. That's who they were. But they attempted to kill him. Verse 30, when the brethren found out, look, uh, Barnabas had his back, and now the people that didn't now do when people are trying to kill him. It's amazing what how encouragement changes everything for everybody involved. When you speak up for somebody and God's hands on it, it not only blesses the person you're speaking up for, but it changes the heart of those that are not wanting to include that person. It says, verse 30, when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea 
and sent him out to Tarsus. They had his back. They, they came up with a strategy to preserve the man's life when before they didn't want him to be a part of it. But the brethren in that community had his back. And here it is. Um, uh, and this is speaking of Apostle Paul and, and, and our response to others speaking up for us and encouraging us is humble yourself so you can receive from people. You're gonna have to humble yourself if you're gonna receive from people. If we're gonna receive from God, we have to humble ourselves. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, right? And, and if, when we humble ourselves, we receive grace. So grace has a price and the price is, is humility. The price is, um, is uh, crucifying myself or my pride. Um, you know, grace has a price and the price is my pride. And that not only from me to the Lord, but there's other people in our life that when we refuse to receive something from them, it is a sign of pride. And you gotta humble yourself so you can receive from people. Now, what if Barnabas did all he could do? And Paul and Saul at the time was like, nah, nah, man. So, no, I, you know, he had to humble himself because the Bible says that Barnabas brought him. I mean, he brought him there. He, the Bible says, took him. And so Paul, Saul, had to submit to that. Um, he had to submit to that. So, so God's plan always involves community, right? Um, here it is. I'm going to read this. Um, and this was just in my prayer time and writing in my notes. I, wanna, I wrote this down. If your faith journey only consists of you only hearing directly from God, and solely making decisions based on your personal relationship with God, you're missing something in light of community, right? Now, Paul was praying, Paul was walking with Jesus, but his life changed because of a relationship. Um, his destiny shifted. He entered a new chapter because of a person, right? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna read this again. If your faith journey only consists of you only hearing directly from God and solely making all your decisions based on your personal relationship with God, you're missing something, and that is the Christ in others, right? Acts chapter nine, verse 31. Then, as a result of all this, look at what happened. The churches throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. Look at the fruit of this. Look at the fruit of this relationship. The fruit of, of Saul's humility, the fruit of Barnabas's heart in this relationship. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and were edified. Look at that. The devil was trying to keep a blessing from the church. And it started with, 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 with leaders looking at somebody some kind of way and another leader having to speak up for them. And it changed everything for the church. And it says they were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and they were multiplied. Wow, they were multiplied. The peace of God was there. People were edified. People were walking in the fear of the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's all the fruit of a relationship from God. And that, 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 that form there, that's, that's Barnabas and, and Saul and the leaders. Um, just interacting and engaging in their journey. That is God and humanity. 
Look at, isn't this amazing? I, in this day and age, if somebody has some kind of thought, some kind of opinion, I mean, we just shut them out. We treat them like they're the devil. I mean, they gotta go crucify them, right? In this day and age, people are so sensitive. People are so vulnerable. And, and, and we will just, we will just, um, you know, lop somebody's head off, right? Figuratively speaking, hopefully just figuratively speaking, simply because of perspective. Now think about this. What if Barnabas told Paul, forget those guys, forget those leaders. Those leaders are whack, right? That's an old word. That's a word you used to use in the 90s, whack. I don't even know if you kids out there use that word nowadays. But th those leaders, they, they don't know what's going on. Forget them, man. Let's go do our own thing. But think, think about even in the humanity of those leaders, God was still working through them. Even in the humanity of those leaders, they were wrong. There was no, um, they, that they, they were, they had, they were fearful of Saul, rightfully so. But they were wrong as leaders to not give him uh, access or at least a conversation. And Barnabas could have been like, "Dude, forget them, Jerusalem church, man. Let's 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 take a photo of that church and just blast them. Let's just." No, think about how he responded. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't feed into what the devil was trying to do. He leaned into it and spoke up for somebody. And in that humanity, God still worked and moved. But we need to be mature enough. We need to be a Barnabas and not just take what somebody's doing, even if they're wrong, but lean into it and be an advocate for somebody. How about instead of blasting them, speak up for the person. Instead of creating division, let's, let, 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 let's encourage the one that's being done wrong. Let's, let's walk into that environment. Let's lean into it with the love and the power of God. And the fruit of it shows. Barnabas had fruit in the church because of what he did for that man, Paul. All right? Hallelujah. This is what we got to do in this generation. We got to be Barnabases up in here. We got to be Barnabases. We can't be just find, fault finding, as the Bible says, fault finding. Like we're just looking for somebody to make a mistake and then crucify them. Looking for somebody to mess up and crucify them. Looking for somebody to say the wrong thing and just shoot them. You know what I mean? I'm serious. I mean, with our words or whatever. And, and we need to be a Barnabas and be like Jesus. So humble yourself so you can receive from people, right? And here it is relationships and obedience produce fruit. That, that's what produced the fruit here. That's what produced the fruit, the peace in the church, that they were at, they were growing, building, walking in the fear of the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. Why? Because of a relationship and because of obedience. Obedience to God and our relationship. When God worked through both. I'm gonna say it again relationships, divine relationships, and obedience to God are what will produce fruit in your life. I'm gonna say it again. Divine relationships, working out our humanity and our issues with one another in Christ, divine relationships, and your personal obedience to what God is calling you to do is what's gonna produce fruit in your life. Bam. So let's be like Barnabas. Let's get in on the grace of God right? You got to get in where you fit in, right? 
Get in where you fit in. Where do you, you fit in in the grace of God? I'm here to tell you right now, if you ever feel like you don't fit in into, into if you're, you're a part of this community or maybe you're thinking about being a part, I'm here to tell you uh, the grace of God. It, it, we want the grace of God on us and, and, and you fit in where the grace of God is. You get, get in on the grace of God. There's more than enough for everybody. His, his, there, there's more than enough grace. There's great grace uh, on, on, on local church community. And you need to get in on it. Get in on it. Don't get on the outside. Don't let the devil get you on that. Don't let the devil make you some island over here and you got to fight this whole thing by yourself. Get in on the grace of God. Get in on serving um, God's people. Get in uh, on some relationships. Connect to some people. The grace of God is on community and you need to get in on it. And, and the question is, who are you leading to destiny? Who are you leading? There's got to be somebody. There's got to be somebody. There's got to be somebody you're speaking. The Holy Spirit inside of you wants to speak up for somebody in your world. And they need it. They need you, right? And humble yourself so you can receive from people. Humble yourself so you can receive from people. Um, even some of the littlest things, um, you're going to have opportunities, I believe, to, to in the near future, you're going to have opportunities to just receive from somebody. A kind word, a blessing, um, whatever it is. Receive from people, all right? Um, and humble yourself, you know, so you can receive from people, and relationships and obedience produce fruits, all right? Let's go to Acts chapter 11. We're gonna end with this verse. We're gonna end with this verse. Acts 11, verse 19. Verse 19 to 20, all right? The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. So, any, I mean, uh, they're in this church in Antioch. They're, they're part of uh, Jerusalem and they're going to Antioch and they're preaching. If you read, you know, Acts 12, 13, 14, 15, I mean, Barnabas is up in the move of God. I mean, he's with Paul. They're going to all these, they're preaching, they're teaching, they're discipling, they're traveling. I mean, um, all over, all within, you know, uh, the Mediterranean and all, you know, all over Rome. I mean, they're just going, they're on boats, they're walking, they're getting beat, they're going to jail. I mean, they're just doing this thing um, called preaching the gospel, right? And they're partners, and, and there's a lot going on. It's, it's just a powerful, and Barnabas, I don't have enough time to share all of his involvement. It's just amazing, 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 amazing how they, they, they lived their life for the purpose of God together and, and, in relationship. And so here is, in, in the midst of that, in actually Acts 11, uh, verse 23, it's just part of what's really happening. Um, and here it is, verse 23. Uh, when he came, they sent him to Antioch. They sent him to Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, why were they in Antioch? Well, because when, when persecution hit Jerusalem, the, the church scattered and Antioch was a place where it became like a spiritual hub and a, of, of activity. And so Jerusalem heard about it, the Jerusalem church, and they're like, yo, let's send some people over there. Let, let's just, let's, the grace, the grace of God is there. And let's go, let's go see what's happening. And so when he came and he had seen the grace of God, he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, look at that, what did he do? Encouraged them all and encouraged them all. He's living up to his name. Uh, that's why the apostles called him this. 
so powerful, and encourage them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. It says, verse 24, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Um, Barnabas was, was powerful in the early church. Um, he's a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and great many people were added to the Lord. And um, he was faithful um, a couple chapters earlier with one person. One person. He, he, he did, says he was a good man. He did what a good man would do. He's like, man, I'm gonna stick up for this guy. He wasn't, a, he, there was no ulterior motive. There was, it wasn't like, he, he just did what was right. He did what was right. And what was right is speaking up for a person, humanity, a human being that he knew had an encounter with Jesus. And he wasn't about to let um, what God put in him to be short-lived or aborted because of a little pressure from people that didn't understand. So he was faithful to one person. One person. And look at the result of the Barnabas' life. You read through Acts. The result of his life and the impact and influence he had in a region started was speaking up for one man. Not only did it bless Paul, not only did it bless the, the global church at its foundation, but God gave Barnabas open doors that I'm sure it was far beyond what he thought or could even imagine. And here is the last thought here, is that you're designed by God to change lives. You are designed in the Holy Spirit as Barnabas was, you are human. You have weaknesses. You make mistakes, right? But you, in the midst of your humanity, God chose to put his spirit inside of you. And by design, in the Holy Spirit, the word of God inside of you, you are designed, just as this man Barnabas, in your humanity to change lives for all eternity. God bless you guys. All right, so I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for encouragement for you. I want to pray that you're an encourager, that you're like a Barnabas to somebody, and, and um, you're, you are anointed to change somebody's life. Not you. We know it's Christ, but God wants to use you. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everybody out there. I pray in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, that you stir up the encourager in them, the advocate in them the one that will speak up, the one, Father God, uh, Lord, the Holy Spirit in them that, that will encourage through them. I pray in the name of Jesus that your people will be willing to pay a price for others, that we'd speak up for others regardless of the price. We would advocate for them. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that, that you would use your people to, to bring others to destiny. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. My prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you listen to today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and remember to follow us on social media. Peace.